And just like that, we back, man. You rocking with the livest and the best on the planet and this side of the universe. Because there's many sides. You know, they call it multiverse, I think. But we ain't going to take you there yet, man. Holler at Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, I go by the name of Small Eyes with a Z. And this is episode numero... Mm-hmm. If you didn't hear that, I'm going to say it one more time because, you know, I t- my tongue gets a little twisted when I say it. Yeah, you're like, wow, how did your voice change like that? Yeah. Uh, I have the ability to change my vocal inflections, but nice. that's actually not true. That is Arabic, <laughs> and that is episode 56. Five, six. Mm-hmm. That's real, man. And uh, who else do we have in the building with us? We have uh, Jackalus of Prestonia. Jackalus. Wow. Jackalus. Okay. <laughs> I was doing it pretty normal for the past few episodes. You did, so I figured it, I was spicing it, it threw me off. It kind of threw me off. Jackalus of Prestonia. Jackalus. Jackalus Prestonia. Uh, okay. Tristan Cavari. Oh, you just kept it. That's it. You just yep. kept, it, kept it. Kept it. Kept reg. And oh, who else? Who are? Sarah Alabanza. 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 What does Alabanza mean? Yes, please tell me. It is the highest praise as in hallelujah, but higher. Oh, I was gonna, Alabanza, man. <laughs> yeah, get, I was gonna try to say, can we get much higher? Thing, that pharaoh, that pharaoh monks. Oh. Uh, so what we want to do is, uh, we are going to get into kind of the wheelhouse, which <laughs> that pun is totally intended, of our guest, <laughs> uh, Zara. So, so who is you, up. you, you yeah. say it every week, and yeah. now like it applies. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. See, you know, I got, I, I get the dots connected. You know. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to be talking about the Red Bike and Green initiative uh, and really just getting people active, man. Getting people off of their couches, getting getting out in these streets and soaking up this sun and how important health is in the active lifestyle. I want We're going we to be talking a lot about that during this episode. And Zara is going to be speaking to her part in that. Uh, but to start off, let's talk about, I think, something I was reading about and I just want to get our ears on. What do we feel about the expansive growth of just biking in Atlanta in general mm. and the new initiative that's supposed to be on its way of the bike share program coming to the city sometime soon. It's supposed to be summer, it's supposed to be launching kind of test runs. What do you think about that? People, More bikes on the street, more people out here, less cars. Ooh. That's what entices me. What about bike safety? Do like do people still do the? Yeah, let's talk. I mean, still do it. Let's talk. So we're learning that ball tossed out there. I talked for a long time and setting that up, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to get us discussing like you know how do we how do you especially for user like how do you feel about this growing expansive bike culture in the city? It's it's exciting, um, especially in a city that is sprawling like Atlanta. Um, that was that intentionally built freeways to transport people through space and time, you know, in, in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, traffic is a huge issue, and ideally, the more people that are biking or taking public transportation would reduce that traffic. So, knowing that the biking scene in Atlanta is growing and expanding could contribute to reducing the traffic problem. Mm. But more so is that you are. I think that it's contributing to Atlanta becoming more relevant in ways that make it Uh um, a more appealing place to live. And if you already live here, it makes your lifestyle in Atlanta 
um, one that is more desirable, but that just gets you excited about like living life. Like if I have right. to go to a nine to five every day, the way I get there makes a difference. And mm. if biking is the way you get, you get there, it easily can change the way you um, are productive or not productive, yeah. mm. make you feel good about yourself. Um, and you know contribute to your pockets and yeah. you know your leanness or your thickness or your muscle mass <laughs> you know right. so it has a lot of positive factors um it yeah. has a lot of positive factors I, I think um too um like going to new york so much and then coming back to atlanta it was always something different and it's mm -hmm. about the energy on the streets and you notice cities that have a lot of foot traffic, a lot of biking, there's more energy on the streets because you have to interact with people. Even if you don't talk, like you're just walking past them. It's different mm -hmm. when people are just in their cars, nine to five, and you look on the sidewalk and nobody's there. Mm -hmm. When we actually see people passing each other, it brings that liveliness to the city. And I think that's what it's going to add as far as people being out more. Yeah, I was just going to say that, um, you know, any initiatives that help diversify the way that people get around, um, you know, obviously is great. Um, I know there's something that I just heard about with uh, MARTA here in Atlanta is also Ooh. looking to, mm. uh, there may be a new proposal on the, oh. on the table to expand MARTA. So, you know, of course, um, you know. <laughs> again? Yeah, I know, again, I know that's a whole, that's a whole different thing, you know, away from, but it's a part of, you know, the ecosystem of yeah. a city. And, you know, like Zara said, um, the appeal for someone, you know, if they're moving to Atlanta or if they're looking at Atlanta, you know, figuring out, does the city work with my lifestyle? And uh, right. I know that was something, you know, when I moved to Atlanta, I was living, um, you know, in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. and, you know, much like New York, it has a certain type of biking and a certain type of pedestrian culture. And one of the immediate things that I noticed when I moved to Atlanta was, you know, cars are not friendly for pedestrians. Pedestrians don't have the right of way here. So I'm curious to see the way that that culture changes, the, right. the car to pedestrian exactly. and car to biker um, or cyclist uh, culture changes where, you know, people are sharing the road more. They're more aware of, you know, who's around them and they're actually looking out for these people because they're so accustomed to those people being around them. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see because we have to talk about um, Atlanta becoming the Silicon Valley of the South mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the culture yeah. getting washed out. Yep. Like the biking, I mean, it's great. So is the biking a culture that's getting brought in from these other cities or is it just the future? So that's what we're moving towards it's always existed it's the mm. number one mode of transportation in the entire world so mm. there's a misconception that associates uh -huh. biking with certain demographics right. but black folks poor it. folks people of color have always rode bikes it's a main mode of transportation especially in a city like atlanta where your martyr stops at a certain time and it doesn't go anywhere uh -huh. right so mm. biking has always been that third shift mode of transportation for people uh -huh. who can't afford cars right mm -hmm. so it with Atlanta shifting in certain directions, it just makes biking more visible. But gotcha. we have to counter the conversation that people have brought this to Atlanta. It already existed. Already we're just doing it more. Mm. And we're actually not giving credit where credit is due to people who have always done it, who have been considerate of a number of things, whether it was because they had to ride, but uh -huh. it still made them environmentally friendly. Mm. It still made them um, visible on the road in ways that we don't give credit for so right. we, we i i'm always working to counter the conversation uh, that it's this new trendy thing right it's so just being done there. by certain people which makes it relevant to other certain ah, people ah gosh you got say it. that say that what about the uh, the infrastructure how are we on that um it's improving uh -huh. it's drastically improving so you'll see bike lanes popping up here and there you'll see share roads popping up 
infrastructure is necessary. You, you're getting bike racks in front of businesses, which means that I'm more inclined to stop there because I have a bike rack there. Right. Hmm. But it also is like, you're putting a bike lane here and we got potholes in our road. Like, I could care less about a bike lane mm. if I have potholes uh, in my road or my sideway stops and turns into it. red dirt. Talk about so it. infrastructure is great. It does make people sometimes feel safer but also if you ride a lot you notice that like bike lanes aren't the safest thing either it's where all the debris goes Uh, yep definitely a lot of gravel branches (laughs) and potholes so so it's Mm. not even even the the lane that is built for is not necessarily the safest route not always Mm -mm. Mm. and it gets it gets neglected you know, we don't have, I don't really see a lot of street, cl- like old school street cleaning happening, mm-hmm. which means that any debris that was just in the streets gets put onto the bike lane or where I would bike, even if there isn't a bike lane. Mm-hmm. So the city would have to see how it would save money by people using the bikes more. That way they can invest. In those yeah, they need lanes, to right? use some different type of material that, than what they're using because the roads are shit. <laughs> oh my the roads are shit everywhere. And even in like the, the rich neighborhoods, you know oh, the yeah. roads are bad when they're bad in the rich neighborhoods. Right. Now, here's, now, here's what I learned, okay? I'm going I'm to drop a little quick jewel. <laughs> so, Waze, who's become like my best friend, has <laughs> been taking me on like, you know, like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, like those old yeah. TV shows. Right. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. that's how I know. That's how I know as well. Yo, Going, using Waze. So you know what to say. So, basically... I think they intentionally make those roads not good because they want you to think <laughs> right. these are, you do not know. These are undrivable roads. Real I'm gonna talk, take the highway. Man. These are like I mean mansions that go for I mean super high. Like yeah. they, I'm telling you, I think that those roads are meant to deter you. So like you know you're not supposed to be back here, man. These are back roads. Where you, <laughs> Get where out. you going? I promise you, man. So I mean yeah. I, I think that that's interesting where you have development that's in, uh, specifically and intentionally, you know, built in such a way. And then you right. have, I want it, which I mean, is, oh, go ahead. To your point, a lot of those roads <laughs> and those neighborhoods don't have bike lanes. Mm-hmm. They don't have sidewalks even because they, they don't, don't want foot traffic. They yeah. don't want foot traffic. They right. intentionally don't right. want foot traffic. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like they don't want people through, coming through their neighborhoods for those special spaces. So it's, it's a good transition to this is how we feel about places that I guess are kind of built to create this intersection of people who are wanting to be active and be out in their city like the Beltline. How do you feel about that? And mm. <laughs> yeah, It's interesting. So these are great ideas, conceptually okay. and theoretically. How they're implemented is problematic because they're not oh, engaging communities. They're not asking questions on the front end. They make you think you have a say-so by maybe holding a meeting um, and inviting you, knowing only certain types of people are going to show up and contribute to the conversation, or they're telling you what's going to happen on the back end. And I won't say, I will say that there is effort to be inclusive, but it's not enough. Like, you think because you had one meeting that that justifies your next move. Instead of really engaging community, what do you want? What do you need? Why is this good? Why isn't this good? Why haven't you done this? Um, and that needs to be done continuously throughout an entire process. But things like the Beltline do encourage people to be outdoors in certain ways. However, the way it looks in one neighborhood is different than the way it looks in another another neighborhood, uh, and that's something to be discussed as well. So right. not just the infrastructure, well, partly the infrastructure, the process in which the infrastructure is developed, and truly, who are you building this for? Because as you're building things like that, you're also displacing people. Right. Mm. right. People are being priced out. Like people who, who were the original gentrifiers and displacers are now being priced out because um, of the way the processes are have gone. And they haven't considered, well, if we bring all this resource, all these resources to said community, what does that do for my ability to live there? And they didn't consider that. So now mm-hmm. there's like the second, third wave of gentrification happening wow. because of that. 
the gentrifier of the band? The double gentrifier. Yeah, no, that's like, that's like <laughs> yeah, Inception, deep. man. Right. Like, whoa, whoa, been you, just took his, yeah, like, you just took us inside of it. All right, so on that note, we're going to let you pause and just think about yeah, your mind explosion. There was a gauntlet somewhere around That there. just happened about yeah. you know gentrifying inside of gentrification. And uh, we're going to come back with even more jewels from Mr. Ra. So go ahead and vibe out. You already know what it is. Just like that, we are back. You had just rocked out to some incredible vibes and sensations. 
from the Digital Good Times crew. Well, not not of us, but maybe it is because you know we we we, th- we throw our vibes in there. But to get to the main event, we have our very very esteemed, humble, positive, passionate, progressive sister, Miss Zara. Alabanza, did yeah, I say it? it, I, say, it I was going to mess it up, and I was like, can I do it? And I did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, representing Red, Bike, and Green, and many other awesome things she's a part of, but uh, we'd like to welcome you to our show. Thank you for having me. And we kind of, this is what we call our origin story, hero story. So we'd like for you to tell us kind of, how did you get into this space? What made you get into becoming a professional, you know, in, pro- cyclist, enthusiast, advocate, and especially with the vantage point of Red, Black, and Green, what made you get involved with them? All right. Um, it is a sh- short, long story. I short, met... Short, long. <laughs> she's a dear friend of mine now, but a white woman who rode her bike across the country. I was at a conference, and she was like, I ride my bike across the country. I was like, who does that? And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, if you can do it, I can do it. And I, mm-hmm. I haven't done it, but it was just like... I've never heard of anyone doing that. Mm-hmm. What? You know, and I'm, I'm an Why? athlete, a former athlete. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, what does that look like? And I think a year later, her and eight other women rode our bikes from Eugene, Oregon to San Francisco in mm-hmm. 15 days. Ooh, so it's nice. over 660 miles. And basically, we were a moving wow. community. We made decisions together. We rode together. We supported each other. We're all we had. So there's no support vehicle. Everything you need is on your bicycle. So you're carrying about an extra... 50 to yeah 50 pounds that wow right and i hadn't it wasn't like i was riding a bike daily prior to that i hadn't been on a bike since i was like 12 prior to that and that was in 09 i believe and that bit me so i we planned another tour from chicago to detroit in which i pulled my five-year-old son at the same time and then um I just didn't bike for a while. It was like, I do these bike tours. I was living in Chicago and didn't consider like biking as a mode of transportation because the CTA is efficient. You don't need anything in Chicago. So I never considered biking. But I relocated to Atlanta, wanting to change my life, wanting to slow down. I had just become um, a parent. I had inherited my two nephews. So life was just changing. And I was like, I need to do something different. So I came to Atlanta knowing I want to live in a black city, knowing I want to slow down, which meant I wanted to learn how to grow food. I wanted to practice yoga and I wanted to ride bikes. It was like Mm. part of my own healing and a different approach to um, organizing and activism because the concept of who's going to heal the healer or the activist was very much in my brain. And I thought that these tools were going to heal me or contribute to that and that could possibly contribute to other activists. Mm. Um, So I wanted to ride and I started riding more and realized oh, well, there's a bunch of us doing this or a few of us scattered, black folks riding bikes. What does that look like in an organized way? I had heard about Red Bike and Green and simply just sent um, the founder, Jenna Burton, an email with a proposal of what it could look like in Atlanta. And there it is. Um, We're five years in. We turned five years. The Atlanta chapter turned five years today. And we use it as a tool for social change in its own way. Uh, It's a fun tool, so... It has a three-point plan that models the Black Panther 10-point plan. Very Mm. intentional. Red, biking green is red, black, and green. Mm -hmm. So it's the pride in being black. And then this three-point plan modeling the Black Panthers, which which was out of the Bay Area where the original chapter started. So very intentional. And the three-point plan addresses black mental and physical health, um, Mm. black economics, and and environments that black folks are in, right? And how does biking contribute to that? And 
some of it is really obvious. You ride a bike more, it's going to help your mental, your mental state and your physical state. Um, we, Red Bike and Green Atlanta supports black businesses. We're always promoting black businesses. Literally in Atlanta, you can buy black all day, every day. Mm. You know, and why not? Because we can. Um, And then environmentally, you know, it reduces our carbon footprint. And we realize that's just that's a very small component. But what we're doing is introducing people to various practices. So Mm. as well as riding a bike as a practice of lessening pollution in the air and um, we also are promoting folks to take other practices like becoming zero waste and minimizing yeah. their waste um, we via our homegirl, Fort Negrita. Yeah, she's great. You know, she just zero wasted our bike anniversary, our five year anniversary event. So you had 100 people out and mm. you had very little waste, if any wow. at all, because she set it up in that way. Right. Mm. Landfills are in poor communities. They're in people of color communities. We have to be conscious of that. But we know that that's just a micro level right. thing. It's not. We're not going right. to resolve that. But we can make better practices, knowing they ultimately mm-hmm. affect us. Hmm. So we've red bike and green, which you know is uh, there's a core of us that do the work. Um, it ha- it's making a big impact in Atlanta. We've made biking not only relevant for black culture but also we've made ourselves more visible we've always rode bikes but because we do it in the concept of like riding fly Mm -hmm. aesthetically it looks dope and people Mm want to be part of that and Mm -hmm. they realize family gets made out of it you know it's not just we see you here and there but if you come around enough then you're going to want to hang out a little bit more right and literally it influences people's choices in life and this is just a starting point red bike and green is a starting point for people to shift the way that they're Mm -hmm. living or expand the way that they're living gateway drug mm. it is yeah. it's exactly what i've called it <laughs> nice nice mm. so i mean that everything you're saying amazing uh we always talk about this right and uh, mm-hmm. jack has been a long time champion for us wanting to fully include within the fold the much needed health active lifestyle piece to the whole board of all right we need to get our tech stuff together we need to get get our creativity together. We need to get our lifestyle and health together. And that that piece, the piece that the active lifestyle piece, in my opinion, is the most important. Mm-hmm. But it's always the one that's like at the bottom. You know, it's always the one that's like you know you got to make it sexy to for people to even talk about right. it or even want to talk about it. But it's the thing that sustains us and makes us live or die. Right. You know, uh, so we really, really, really want to make sure that we're doing our part to help be the beacon and the and the megaphone for people to understand that like incorporating all of these are an ecosystem if we can get them interwoven you know we can we can create these sustainable communities where right. we have zero waste where mm-hmm. we have everybody biking together because in that community we have less pollution because there's less people driving cars and in this future world that we can build ourselves you know we are creating these avenues for for change so i'm totally with that now one thing i wanted to inter- uh, not interject but to speak about how do you all feel or how is your outreach towards the younger uh, generation? Do you feel like they are starting to get or want to become a part of this active lifestyle community? And I just because you, you're closer to it, do you feel like the younger generation is embracing just this bike culture that's growing in Atlanta? Um, yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, it looks a lot of different ways, right? I okay. think young folks, there's a lot of misconceptions about young people. Young people don't have cars, so they're already walking. <laughs> they're spending their time outside because there aren't really physical spaces where they're often welcome. So to me, they already have an active lifestyle, particularly while by the time they're, they're in high school. 
they, they're doing their own thing that often involves just moving through space and time the best way they can. And I right. remember those experiences. I was on foot a lot because yeah. I didn't have a car. Sure. Um, regarding biking in particular, we, we see them as well. They don't necessarily ride often with us. It's a different type of liability if you're under the age of 18. And mm. that's not necessarily the demographic that we focus on. But we are getting better that when we're in the streets and we see them, here's a flyer, come link up with us. Or when we're riding by, they're really excited about it and they'll follow for a certain amount of time and then fall back. So being visible is important for them in particular because yeah. it does have to look a certain way. Yep. Biking, unfortunately, is um, assumed to be something for the poor unless it's being done a certain way. So mm -hmm. you're negating the stereotypes, kind of like riding a bus. You negate the stereotypes when you do it a certain way. And right. so Red Bike and Green also does that. But there's other organizations that focus on young people riding mm -hmm. bikes, particularly um, in our communities, and mm -hmm. that's their niche. Sure. No, totally. So, uh, the reason I was bringing that up is, again, we're talking about, what I, like I said, the bridge that the community, we have, we talk about this a lot. You have the young, the young community and you have our... 25 and up so we want to call it a millennial community and for the longest time especially because i i want to say i think that there is a generation of people who you know are active but they're saying that this generation is becoming the most obese uh mm -hmm. as far as the young people mm -hmm. so there are a lot of kids who aren't active and so it's like how can you make or bring this lifestyle over to them again within this ecosystem that looks cool it's like these people working out they're doing tech stuff they ride bikes. You know, that's kind of where I was coming from. Was like, that would be my the, my vision of how we could try to entice to get younger people into this type of lifestyle. Because it is cool. It's not just it looks cool. It is cool. Mm -hmm. You're making your life better. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, how is that not cool? You know what right. I'm saying? So I, I just I just want to talk about that. Um, so I also wanted to speak about where do you see the future of the black cyclist in Atlanta? Like, where do you see the future evolution of RBG and, um, you know, that this movement? Um, regarding the black, so we've increased, right? Not just RBG, but the black rider has increased drastically. When I first moved here, there was Metro Atlanta Cycling Club, which is older, pretty financially well-to-do folks who ride expensive bikes. They're the stereotype of what we see when we ride. And then there was another entity uh, that kind of started up at the same time, and they focus on young people, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the number of black cycling groups and biking groups in the city is like, at least doubled. Really? And so I mm. I believe, and people can challenge me on this, but it's because of Red Bike and Green that people have also developed their own clubs. Like, they're like, oh, I see what you're doing. That doesn't necessarily fit how I want to ride. So I'm going to go start something of my own. And mm. I respect that. People come into RBG, they get introduced, and then they venture out to wherever they feel um, best fits them. Okay. So I envision that it's going to continue to expand. Um, in ways that you are getting, you're having families ride together more often. And it won't be, you won't be seen as the, the awkward black kid who's riding a bike because it's so much of the norm. Mm. That, that is the future of it. And then, you know, I would hope that, you know, the person who's balling out of control and can afford to buy a really expensive car and be traffic in the city will make the decision to just ride a bike. Because mm -hmm. it's better for them all together, and it won't be looked down upon as something you do if you can't afford this right. nice luxury car. I mm -hmm. hope that like black folks move back into the city or have the opportunity to move back in the city right. and say we're just going to ride bikes because we're going to work two to five miles from where we live. We're going to yeah. commute on bikes. We're going to take our children to school on bikes. And that's already happening. But what does that look like in a mass, right? Mm -hmm. Where like if you ride the car, you're if you're driving in a car, you're looked at as awkward because who does that anymore in 2017? Like mm -hmm. that would be what I would hope would be for the black community um, regarding riding bikes. 
for sure. Mm, right. That, that brings up a lot because it brings up like the, the job situation in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's going to be working in the city versus who's living in the city? You know, because everybody commutes. You know, Atlanta's one of those commuter mm -hmm. cities. People are driving 30 minutes plus mm -hmm. to get to work. And it's going to get a lot worse because they're building the city up like crazy. If right. you go downtown right now, have you? I mean, I, mean, I know y'all bike down there. It's mm -hmm. like crazy. It's like, how are these buildings literally popping up overnight? <laughs> overnight. So in five or 10 years, it may not even be an option. The best option is going to be to ride your bike because it's going to be like New York where it's right. crazy. Especially if the martyr enhances, you could drive to the martyr kind of on the outskirts, get to the city with your bike, mm -hmm. and then roll around on your bike and then leave the city. Yeah. And ideally, people are, are riding two to five miles. They're not riding right, 20 right. miles. Exactly. They're going to a martyr station and then biking, you know, right. after it's the connectability mm -hmm. piece. And, you know, who's going to be working in the city? The same people who work in the cities now, you, they're your day work, your labor workers, mm -hmm. right? Those are black and brown folks. But they are being pushed out to the suburbs. Right. The suburbs are the new hoods. And so, mm -hmm. it, you know... The dream to have black folks move back into the city is far-fetching because of the way the city is going, but it's an ideal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I, I know we got to get ready to wrap up soon. Um, actually, we're going to edit this because I totally just had a break. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was supposed to ask another question, but I realized it's time for the song. That's what it is, right? Oh. Oh, no, that's a question. No, we, oh, we're we still in the yeah, questions. All right, we're going to just cut all oh, that part right. out. All right. Easy. That's, that's, easy. That's, that's, that's easy. That's Chop it on a, out. That's just a uh, yeah. start and stop. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Uh, so anyway, yeah, no, actually what I, what I was thinking about, um, you know, we've, we've been talking about, um, you know, the emphasis on black um, bikers, you know, black cyclists. What is the, what's the cultural dynamic um, between, you know, white cyclists, black cyclists, just the, the different cultures yeah. in the city, you yeah. know, are are we communicating with each other? Is it, you know, is it kind of like the music scene? Uh, yeah, I said well, it. Talk about it. Talk <laughs> what's, what's, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah, I'm very, very. Um, there's some, there's what I would deem barriers. I think that folks in general are intimidated by Red Bike and Green because our signature ride is for folks that identify as black. <laughs> um, so then, because you can't come on that ride, you might not come on another ride. Um, but the cycling, com generally, people who ride bikes are friendly, but it doesn't mean that it negates all the other social ills. Like, it's just a smaller microcosmic of, like, society. Mm. So, you know, racism is well and alive, sexism is well and alive, mm. patriarchy is well and alive within by, in the bicycle community. Mm. And I believe that folks are unwilling to have really necessary conversations to address those ills. And because we're such a small community, it should be, I would hope that it would be easier. easier yeah. um, I easily can see myself or Red Bike and Green being tokenized. When you need black, the black demographic, you, you call on us or you call on me to be the representative. So that very much exists. But on the individual level, people have really, really good relationships. Um, mm. People have friends. It, it's it's interesting that like on the interpersonal, it, those are those exist. But on the micro or on the larger surface, you have challenge and tensioned relationships that are just kind of unspoken. No one's really having a conversation about it. Um, but I think it's necessary, and I think there will be an opportunity to have those conversations. Do I feel like we need to lead that? Nah. That's not mm -hmm. my place to lead that conversation. We're good with who we got doing what we do, mm -hmm. and we can keep it that way. So it it may organically happen at some point. Like I hope so. And I know. think it's going to happen. The way that I see RBG having the conversation is through, unfortunately, unfortunately, the conversation around gentrification. 
that that's just how you it's going to happen. Yeah. That's a big issue to a lot of people who are riding bikes mm-hmm. um, because you get to see more on a bike. You're closer mm-hmm. to it. And so you get these different realities mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this sh- this stuff is real. Okay. (laughs) This shit is real and people want to um, interrupt it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the folks, black folks on bikes are willing to interrupt and are trying to find ways to interrupt that. For sure. Realness. Um, So, we would like to, before we get into our song, I want to say, what would you like to leave the people with? You say, this is, you already kind of talked about the mission and RGB, what it stands for, but if people want to get involved, how can they reach you? You know, how can they connect? So this year we launched our own website separate from Red Bike and Green in general. So it's rbgatl.com. It's okay. fresh. Yeah, Shouts out really to Kind Lion really for hooking that up. Really Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Instagram, Red Bike Green ATL. We're on Facebook, rbgatl. Um, so that's one way. We have a community ride every second Saturday that is for self-identified black folks. It's all levels. You're taking care of. Imagine rolling through the city with 50 to 60 other black folks. It's a really dope experience. Wow. Yeah. It's like a biker game. <laughs> and that's what we get. Exactly. I mean, and it's that's really how we dope. Grow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, our website will keep you up to date on different things we're doing. Our May ride is a bike ride with kickball. And so it's it's we're taking it to another level in yeah. that we're finding different ways to expose people to different things in the city, but also how do we just have fun together? Mm-hmm. Because we live in a in a state of existence that is draining and mm. harsh, and being black in America is this very challenging thing. So you can come roll with us and just know that you're vibing with folks who get it, and this is the way that we release, you know? So mm. that's that. That's, that's important. That sounds really cool. Sign me up. All right. That sounds awesome. So y'all oh, gonna be there. I, I need to get a bike. <laughs> oh, I need to get sure, a bike. For sure, I do. Yeah, I told about that. You, I, want, yeah. I need to get a bike, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that. You give us some advice on, on bike, on bike. And sometimes you don't have to, like, when we have kickball, if you can't ride, you can just show up to the kickball game. Oh, okay. All are welcome. There's usually food and oh. drinks and kickball. blah, blah, blah. Drinks. Competitive, man. Drinks. Kickball. It goes, <laughs> goes down on the kickball court, It man. does. It goes it does. Down. So. It does. So now's the time. Mm. We have arrived. We warned you. We need to put music right here too. Yeah, everybody gets nervous right now. Now's the time, time, like that Jeopardy music. Yeah. So yeah, so now's the time. We have a tradition here at Digital Good Times, and at times we ask our guests to provide the party people of the DGT multiverse. If you can provide them with a song, a tune, a track. A melody and some rhythm. Like you want me to sing it? If you want to do that, it will be a first. (laughs) (laughs) It will be a first. No, but this is something that you know you may be you may be rolling to something that possibly inspires you that you think would inspire people. You know, maybe a good riding song. You know, whatever. You know, just yeah. Such a challenging question. I know, isn't it? Such a challenging (laughs) question. Um, I'm gonna kind of play with the answer. So when I ride, Mm -hmm. I listen to a Kanye station. Okay. And so no particular song, but anything that comes on that station that, I mean, it's egotistical. So it gets you really crunk and pumped up, um, has lots of cussing and a lot of dance tracks. (laughs) Lots of cussing and lots (laughs) of dance. (laughs) A station. This is a first. This is a first. A station. We can go with that. So we're just going to find a song. wide open. That's wide open. Okay. That innovation. I appreciate that being acceptable. All right. I'm just going to ease my way A station. I'm going to ninja out of that. Someone Kanye like. A yay influence type track or 
type vibe is what we'll go with. A here. lot of cursing. <laughs> with a lot of cursing <laughs> and dance. A lot of ego, a lot of dance vibes. Great, great yeah, riding. We're going to wow. get people on their bikes <laughs> exactly. with this one. All right. Cool. All right. Well, you're going to vibe out to this oh. mystery song. Uh, that. Oh, did you already find one? No, I got one quick question before we vibe out. Yeah. What, do you use any like tracking apps on you when you're biking? I don't, but what? they do exist. Okay. Mm. What, what kind of tracking? I mean, like uh, Fitbit, um, something to track oh. your route on your phone. Uh, yeah, they exist. They That's exist at large. Question. They exist for like Atlanta city specific. Okay. Um, mm. They're there. So technology and biking definitely have an intersecting point. Uh, if that's the way you choose to roll, then it's there for you. Otherwise, oh, I, and okay. we use them for our routes. So to, oh, to plan oh, our routes. routes out, our bike ninja who does the routes, he bike uses bike them yes. um, to figure that out. <laughs> how do you get that role? Yeah, how do you be? Come be to a, a flight club uh, ride yeah, on Tuesdays, on, right. and you'll see you'll see, you'll see my ninja okay. king. He be like climbing on walls and damn near be looking like a true ninja. Okay, those pictures do exist. The climbing on the climbing on the walls for real. Well. Y'all about to vibe out to these uh, awesome, energetic uh, sensations. You already know who you rocking with. Digital Good Times. We out. I keep on texting you. You don't respond. I know that it's done. But when we in the moment, it never ever seems like it's done I think that it's fun And you know that it is And you know I'm the one But you got your emotions And I got my thoughts We just wanted to fail, girl Look at what it costs Where we now, now, now I'm out of town, town, town Would I still hit your phone to see if you Down, down, down Am I wrong for wishful thinking? To say it's not the truth it's just simple drinking Now, what I do to you To keep you so in sync with all of your anger Probably wouldn't have lasted this long If I won the singer, but here we are Now it's time to feel like old news It's like you forgot everything I told you I guess it's a whatever thing Even though I told you everything I swear we're just so new, no, 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 no Just wishful thinking 11, 11 11, 11 I guess it's wishful thinking 11, 11 11, 11 Oh God I should change up the potion Cause I've been in my emotions Girl, this drink of my mind Got me wasting time, time I should hit your line, line I should hit your line, line but you know like I know, time ain't on our side And you know I go, cause you always on my mind So heavy, heavy, girl, I'm drinking heavy Feeling pretty ready to finally take it steady But you know like I know that it ain't in me The way I'm acting, I should win in me I should win, I should win I'ma put your name on it You should put a frame on it Then add your picture, then take it with ya Cause when I hit you, I'ma need you to get it and just in case, I'll leave it at your place And I hope to God that you get it And by it, I mean all of me 
Cause what we had, it just follows me Ground the world and back again Girl, it's a part of me I know I'm coming on too strong So pardon me, girl Honestly, I just caught the see But now it's time to feel like all lose It's like you forgot everything I told you I guess it's a whatever thing Even though I told you everything I swear we're just all new No, 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 no I think we're all new I guess it's wishful thinking 11, 11 11, 11 I guess it's wishful thinking 11, 11 11, 11 Oh God I should change up the potion Cause I've been in my emotions Girl, this drink of my mind Got me wasting time, time I should hit your line, line I should hit your love. Hold up, wait. She keep opening the door. Why do you hear for? What I do to you? I swear it wasn't true. Sounds that'll pulsate your senses. <laughs> I just, yeah, I said that. I mean, come on, man. I we this isn't we didn't throw too many shenanigans in there. There's always gonna be shenanigans. Everybody knows this. That's how we get down. So we have come to the portion of our show referred to as high five and a choir. <laughs> Still throw the sounds in. Still throw the sounds. Uh, okay. Go ahead and start us off, bro. bro. <laughs> All right. So um, the article I read is dealing with smart cities. And the title is, Many Cities Are Grabbing Onto the Smart City, quote-unquote, label by integrating information technology into some services. But the truth is, there's no clear definition for the term. So basically, the article is talking about these cities trying to integrate technology in any way to collect data to improve the city. So by looking at water consumption, looking mm -hmm. at traffic flow, looking at um, consumer purchases on the street. Yeah. And things like that to improve the city, even uh, free wireless, uh, free Wi-Fi for yeah. the entire city. Yeah. So um, there was a forty million dollar contest. Whoa. That the government put out there, and Kansas City was one of the finalists. So wow. these cities are racing to try to define what a smart city is. Wow. So they can get bread to build their city up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dang. Mm. Mm. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it only because. So I was reading about this because we were just talking about off-air. I won't disparage the company because maybe they might give us a check someday. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 the competitors for fiber that's coming, right, the, the implications they've been talking about in other cities is that when you wire a city like that, the data increase will allow for a whole new kind of information to flow. Like right. when you're getting 100 times the speed you get now, right? Like what kind of data? Like what kind of city would that look like? When everywhere right. that kind of data is flowing, the kind of information you can get, the kind of things that the devices can talk to. So that's like we're that's future casting. We're talking about like in ten years, like that'll be the thing in these well-to-do neighborhoods. So you'll have neighbor, you'll have pockets where you have like lightning fast, like you know, I mean, next generation speeds, and then just like it is now, you'll have spaces that won't. So I think the more that we can kind of get a hold on these, how we can 
bolster or kind of create or or, or let's say structure these smart right. cities, I'm all for right. it. So yeah, I want to acquire that so we can be in charge of that building that. Jack had a little. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just thinking. Space. I'm just <laughs> thinking higher because um, I mean I know at the end of the day it's going to be more about how much money they can make off of it, right. more sure. so than actually coming up with the most efficient, smartest city. And I know that you know you have to have you know the revenue to the balance, keep things yeah, uh, yeah. rolling. Um, but I, I would just like to see the way that it that it gets rolled out. So I would you know I don't know, know about fully acquiring just yet. I just want to acquire the concept of like right. Yeah, no, it's cool. Actually, I think it, I yeah, think it you know especially we we talked about yeah, you know stuff like reducing your um, your eco footprint and right, you right. know um, you know your waste and mm-hmm. you know I feel like this is definitely a part of that. Yeah. Um, just interested in yeah, yeah I, I just want to see how you know yeah. how it would get streetcars was like introduced into kansas city for this purpose too as right. part of the smart as part of the smart city idea what say you what do you think um i would say acquire for the sole purpose of having ownership and uh. determining how a smart city is developed and uh-huh. who it's developed for say it. and who is developing it say right it. say it Say it. <laughs> yeah. Twice. <laughs> with yeah. I would I would acquire it. All right. Just because I like free Wi Fi. Man, and that, that's, that's okay. You get free Wi Fi. Everybody wins. Okay, cool. All right. Uh who's uh next Yeah, I'll I'll go next. Cool. So um Ariana Huffington joins Huffington. Uber's board of directors. And um if you do not know who Ariana Huffington is, she is the person who started Huffington Post. So she's a she's a yeah media mogul and you know um, serial entrepreneur and um, she she actually has a really good relationship with um, Uber CBO, CEO CEO yeah. CBO CB four CB what CBS what oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> CEO um, and so you know he likes he likes her her balance and her guidance and you know decided to bring her onto the board. Um, but everybody's not, yeah, I know, right? That that does sound kind of weird, as weird as CBO. Um, but everyone's not necessarily happy about her coming on. Um, especially, there's actually a lot of um, uh, wheelchair um, advocates that really? they've been going at Uber about uh, their lack of accessibility. So they're just point. like, Ariana, who? Like, what? Like, nah, y'all need to focus on this. So, um, uh, so yeah, so that's what's happening interesting. in the Uber, Uber land. Well, thoughts? I would say I would uh, I would hire it because Uber can't really be stopped. I mean, they they have to get somebody to usurp them as far as how they're, you know, they moved into food delivery. They would just be delivery. like regulations They moved into food delivery. Yeah. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're truly taking ownership over that platform worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, uh it's getting. I think they need her because they are their public image is horrible across the world, and their mm-hmm. their policies and the things that the way they're treating their employees. So you know, I, I I haven't heard. I don't know about the back end of Huffington Post, but I'm assuming she's coming with you know uh, infrastructure and a and a background to how her company is run so efficiently because she's went from like zero to six thousand. I mean, Huffington Post is right there beside when you talk about news sources. Mm-hmm. It's Huffington Post, CNN. How does that work? Mm-hmm. You know, like right. these are these yeah. are. Corporations. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I would love to just be able to soak up game from her because she's a beast. Yeah, she so a- she obviously is bringing something to the table that they really, really, really need, and it's a power play for them. So I would definitely acquire that because that's gonna she's gonna help grow that company. Uh, but I don't know about acquire, please. I would fire. Oh, oh yeah, opposition. Toilet flush. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, fire. If she's that good at what she does, 
which she is, just start your own if you feel that passionate mm. about it. So oh. that ultimately oh. really makes it more accessible, more for mobility issues, but also um, gives it a better public image. She's done such a great job with Huffington um, Post with the diverseness of the voice and people feeling like that is their go-to news source, then just create something else. I think competition is good, not necessarily in a capitalistic way, but in a way that is socially providing for everybody. And um, mm. She, if she can be competitive because they need her, then why not? And it's not her, not her way, but why not? Wow. Yeah, it's a great, that's, that's, that's a great vantage point. All right, what do you say? What say you? I, I may hire her and see how much they allow her to do. Yeah, that's, I want to see what she's going to do. she's going to do. And they don't let her operate and move. Because I, I do agree with like the competition aspect of it. Yeah. But I also agree as if you see something, a company that could have so much potential and do so much good, that if you can kind of tilt the direction... And yeah. change their uh, projected path, yeah. you might be Trajectory. able to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can have. A, you may be able to have an impact that without may having take to give so much of yourself. Right. But uh, but but I mean, it's basically I think she, thinking independent minded uh, as far as her coming in and being able to have her voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I can't. I'm with it. I can tell you really quickly that yeah. kind of the pilot campaign before they brought her on onto the board um, mm-hmm. was she's uh, she's all about bringing awareness about like sleeping issues and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So basically, mm-hmm. um, drowsy drivers mm-hmm. are as dangerous as drunk drivers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, she, um, yes, I was telling you guys off air about the free rides that yeah, she well not yeah. free rides but you could actually request a ride Which with her. Crazy. She would talk to you about. About sleeping, <laughs> about proper, getting your proper like naps in while you're driving long yeah. distance and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. So that's that's gives you a little yeah. glimpse into like the style of what she's trying how to she bring. Got, how she got on board? Yeah, I'm, what she's I trying would, to bring. I would board. hire. I, I will hire. I want to see where, where it go. So cool. All right, I'll take it up next. The I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna dive a little deeper into it. The House of Representatives approves bill requiring warrants for email searches. And that sounds cool. You're like, man, they can't just go on my email now, man. Like, that's all good. We're good to go now. I can do what I want. Man, you don't you own know? emails anyway. Yeah, exactly. You don't. You really don't. That that you you in the server. In the contract and stuff like that, they yeah. say you don't own any of that stuff. Uh, but uh, it's an update to a law that was passed in 1986. So it's going to help where they will be required to have a warrant, right? But one interesting provision that uh, seems to kind of go under the radar uh, there was a provision to try to kill uh, this uh, requirement that would allow the government to not have to notify you when you when you do have a warrant pulled on your email. So they kept it in, which means that they can still search you, and you will never know so, if they search your so, email. <laughs> quick, quick question. So if they pull a warrant to search your physical house, right, yeah. and you're not home, they can still go in that house, right? Yes. And you wouldn't know. I if so. they left before you got back, you wouldn't know they were searching. I mean, they would have to be ninjas. I, I mean, mean, I'm I just would... saying, like, theoretically, they can go in your house, search it, and then get out. I mean, so that's... they So technically, they could already I mean, if you do... working or something. They... I guess. Somebody, right. Anybody can walk in. Somebody right. break you know. into your house and you don't know? But I'm saying that if they had a warrant, that it's legal <laughs> that they can do that. So okay. It may, okay. I, I see it. it. I'm just firing everything about this. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, that's the reason why I want to bring it up. Fire the government. Fire the government. Fire the government. Okay. <laughs> All right. As I said, this one's going in the file. This is going in the red file. <laughs> going in the red file. Totally cool. Uh, what do y'all? What, what do y'all say? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's just weird. The government 
laws around technology they're all weird way crazy yeah it's the wild west right now for yeah. them. It is. they're kind of doing what they want with them and amending that's why i say the reason why they even bring it up is because they're covering themselves somebody is doing some stuff that they need to cover right and so that's that's the case but it's interesting that you can basically be searched and you'll never know about it and you know makes a good point i'm firing it what do you say fire fire all the way mm-hmm. And I want to fire my ex girlfriend who who, uh, hacked into my (laughs) (laughs) hacked into my emails back in the day. Like the dirty boys. I know, right? (laughs) I know she's probably not listening to this shit, but somebody she knows. Fire for that joke. Aired out. (laughs) I told you, man. Beyonce, they started this trend. It's air out season for everybody, man. Air out season, man. (laughs) Real talk. Real, real deal. Okay, and. Mr. Rob, you will take us home. Uh, Prince secretly funded Higher. solar pa- putting solar panels on Oakland residents' homes. Higher. Just like that. Prince is Prince. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say acquire, just because it has Prince, Prince associated with it. But uh, also the technology involved with it. And, and all this stuff we're talking about, when you want to dive deeper, we have a section on our website, digigoodtimes.com, called Dive Deeper, where you can go into our flip and you can read in depth about these pieces. So you can actually read more about the companies that they were Prince was partnered with. And this is an organization called Yes We Code, which is actually kind of a women-centered like coding initiative. And I mean, he was doing all his involved with a lot of stuff. And we won't wax poetics about about this man, but um, you know, tech focus. He was already ahead in every way. Every yep. way. Tech included. Uh, so yeah, solar and solar is the wave, man. I just I truly believe it. I believe that it's the wave. You know, the company, I know the oil companies now they're gonna block it. But it's gonna. I think there's gonna be a time where people are just gonna be like, "Nah, man, this don't make any sense that we're not using that energy." There's this guy who just got um, that he had his house condemned, <clears throat> then he got charged with trespassing on his own property because he was completely off the grid. Ooh. Yeah, there's Whoa. policies being passed to prevent things like that yeah. in really? certain states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we now we now we going to a different place. Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, man. So uh, what do y'all say? Okay, so what is what do we say? Everybody. Oh yeah, I love, I love Prince. So I want anything. So acquire. yeah, yeah. I was um I was gonna say uh, sometimes you'll meet people that um they'll be like, man, if I would have you know, invested in that technology company, you know, like 30 years ago, I'd be like a millionaire right now. And I think that that's the case for mm-hmm. the like solar energy and renewable energy. Um, there's already a lot of uh, divestment that's happening mm-hmm. in fossil fuels. So yep. I think the time is now to make right it happen. Now. So yeah. So right now. Yeah. All right. Well, we've just rocked with one episode, another episode, Digital Good Times 56. Right, you got anything you want to? Leave the people uh, it's been fun. It's been real. <laughs> yes. Appreciate being here. Yes, I hope you enjoyed you. the vibes. I did. I did. And you know, again, we are, we got we got styles of all sorts, y'all. We we weren't we're not just waxing poetics when we say that we're about like enhancing and bringing together these ecosystems. It's not just a thing we say. It's like we want to make sure that the people that need to connect are connecting because we're siloing ourselves also in these social spaces. Like that's why I love what you guys are doing because like you got to go out in person and get on these bikes and talk to people. You got to be out there because you think we behind these social media walls that you're engaging and it's a shadow form. It's like Mm -hmm. you're engaging shadows, man. Like let's engage human beings and there's something different that comes from that. So we want to be about all of that. All right. What y'all got? You got anything else? Bye. Bye. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> you just rock with Digital Good Times. You already know. We out you.
Ah, 